for OWC Podcast number 13. I'm Tim Robertson, recording live at the Macworld Expo. on the showroom floor today on day two there's a lot of companies that i want to talk to and get some information to you guys but right off the bat i find bill palmer bill palmer used to run a site and a magazine called iprong but recently he changed the name to beat week a new focus it's a new product bill you got to be excited about the new name change well you know how like there was a star wars prequels and then they moved into a new hope with with the real star wars you know it happened backwards but we we don't have time travel here so we're doing it the right way yeah i think i, I gotta say beat week sounds cool man you know i'll tell you something and this is funny because i spent the whole past couple of days here at macro being congratulated everyone out there that i respect and and that i've looked up to they're all congratulating me on the new name and telling me how much they hate the old one like thanks as I came up with the old one two four years ago. <laughs> well, let's. I don't want to assume that everyone listening to OWC Radio knows what Beat Week is or iProng that preceded it. So, can you explain to us and to the listeners what Beat Week is? Yeah, we're a hybrid publication. We've been covering iPod and iPhone for years, but at this point, we're doing just as much music industry coverage, interviews with rock stars, podcasting, new media, and we're even getting into some some uh, laptop coverage and, of course, the iPad. And it's gotten to the point where there's so many different areas that. Uh, you know, we, we want to have a more generalized name so people don't view us as a site, you know, an iPod site that dabbles in other things. Do you think the, iPod, the uh, iPad is going to be a big thing for you guys this coming years? It'll be a big thing in coverage one way or the other. I think the question for the device is, can people come up with enough imagination to invent new ways to use this? Apple didn't seem to have any... Uh, any specific ideas and telling us that may, maybe they have ideas but they're holding back what do you think about the the, the moving album artwork that they kind of introduced a while back is kind of a natural extension of what they're going to be doing with this product i mean it it's going to be album covers they can have almost a screensaver kind of aspect to it that'll work well on the the ipad well this what's fun is you know we've seen this iphone os and it's a subset of mac os but there's things about the iphone that i find easier to do than on the mac and it'll be fun to see that scaled up a little bit, not to a computer size, but to just, just some real muscle in there. We can start using applications and see if maybe multi-touch is the computing interface of the future, even for larger devices. A big litmus test. So people can subscribe to BeatWeek within iTunes? Yeah, yeah. It's technically in the podcast section because that's the only place you can pump out free content. But every, uh, every item you'll get in when you subscribe is a, is a free PDF. It's a PDF of the issue. There's no, no audio content in the podcast feed. It's all just PDFs, but uh, still labeled as a podcast because we like to confuse people. Yeah, it, the, they need to open that up a little bit. They need to have a magazine section for free magazines, and then you guys would fit right in. Well, we hope that's coming with the iPad. I mean, there's been a lot of rumors and speculation about Apple meeting with New York Times and whatever, and who knows. That, you know, Hopefully, Apple will come up with a cohesive platform so magazines can... Uh, you know, evolve into the digital age, and, and these magazines that are going out of business because they can't afford the print version can instead switch over to an iPad model and, and maybe continue to thrive so we don't lose that our, our, our early magazines. So what's the URL? Where can people go to find the latest edition, subscribe to it in iTunes, and uh, get some really good content? Uh, IPWrong.org. <laughs> uh, Beatweek.com, B-E-A-T-W-E-E-K.com. Actually, if you spell it wrong, we've got those domains, too. So you're covered. If you think it's a site about beets and radishes, you'll still get there. Thanks a lot, Bill. Oh, thank you. On the Macworld Expo showroom floor, obviously one of the big things is 
the mobile application showcase. What does that mean to you? It means iPhone stuff. And I'm here at the Guitar Toolkit booth. I've got Bradley here. Bradley, what is this? Why do people that use guitars that's listening to the show, why are they going to want this? Uh, it's a great question. Um, one, of, one of the first things that we were thinking about when we wanted to make a product that was exclusively for guitar was, do we want to think about replacing your guitar, or do we want to think about replacing everything that goes with your guitar? So a virtualization of an instrument is probably something that's a little bit out of scope in terms of what can you do with an iPhone. It's an iPhone. You're not going to really play it. Exactly that. You've only got so much space to play, and you've only got so much processing power. And how do you fret with the thing that you're holding? <laughs> exactly that. Exactly. And you can't see it if you're fretting it, right? <laughs> very much so. So instead, we went in the direction, and the very first things that we did was uh, made a highly accurate tuner. Uh, and made sure that that was, uh, that was the first major hurdle that we went over. We developed it in about three and a half months from the time that we got the SDK to the time the App Store launched. Uh, our initial release, we had the tuner, we had a metronome, and we had a small chord I remember library. the ne- metronome. Yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Uh, we, so we were very happy to be, uh, to be out there from the very beginning. Since then, we've revised our product at least eight times. Uh, three of those times have been big revisions. So what we hear back from the community is, well, you know, I really like the tuner, but I want to do alternate tunings, you know, standard Drop D and Hendrix and, and all of those, those aren't good enough for me. I want more. So in a fairly recent release, we've made a custom tuner. You can, uh, uh, whatever instrument, five string, six string, you can make any tuning that you want. So is that just an, a free update or is that an in-app purchase? All of our updates have been free thus far. Thus far? Yes. you got to make money, man. Well, we do have to make money, but our product's nine ninety nine, and sometimes people get a little bit leery about that. But one of the things that we, re- the, I, the reason that I bring up the number of updates is because we don't abandon our products. There's been a there's been a lot of iPhone apps out there that the initial release came out even before the 3.0 software, and nothing's happened with it. The the bugginess is still there, so people are a little especially at a ten dollar app that's yeah. on the high side. And, in some people's mind, yeah. it shouldn't be, but it is. That, you know, that $10 mark is a real plateau. Uh, uh, you know, to go above that, you better be offering something that's really, really way out of the box for the iPhone. We think this is very, very accessible for anybody who plays guitar. So if you're a pro, if you're, you know, if you're an amateur, if you're just learning, we have a lot of people coming by today that are saying, well, I just want to pick it up, but this looks really interesting. Like, well, once you get your first guitar, you can save yourself uh, uh, quite a bit of money by not buying a metronome, not buying a tuner, not buying all these chord books that you'd have to do to uh, uh, to replace everything that comes in this application. It sounds like an all-in-one. Uh, we're trying to make it so. Uh, we put everything into Guitar Toolkit that we could think of in terms of what do you need to carry around with your uh, uh, with your guitar or with your instrument. Uh, then our sister app, which is Tab Toolkit, and that's a music reader. Uh, uh, we support a format called Guitar Pro and okay. also put ta- yep. Power Tab. Mm-hmm. Any of those formats, if you can download them for free uh, off the internet from a, a, a dizzying number of sites. Uh, uh, once you've got those, you can put those on your device. Tab Toolkit plays them back in rich format. And we're actually submitting a release today, uh, hopefully approved by the App Store in the next 10, 14 days, uh, uh, that enables multi-track playback. Oh, so nice. now you can watch your, you can play and watch your lead guitar part and listen to your backing bass, drums, vocals, whichever you like. Now, it's great on the iPhone. Works great. But let's be honest, that's a small screen. Are you guys looking forward to the iPad? Because to me, this seems like a natural for the iPad. We've got, uh, I'll say, we've got big plans. Yeah, I've got to imagine. I mean, uh, I can see it from a little distance now. Yeah, we've got, well, you know, we've got almost four times the real estate to work with. Now, Guitar Toolkit uh, and Tad Toolkit, both of them, before the end of the day, when Steve Jobs uh, announced uh, uh, that the pad was coming out, we had the SDK downloaded, and we had both of them running in the simulator before we we went home. It'll work as it is, but... 
obviously, with the, the more scaling, screen real no, estate. No, still, the, anybody who would, uh, uh, I, I don't want to make an open criticism, but I would say that the graphics, the rasterized graphics of any iPhone application don't scale well to the iPad size. Right. So there is no way that we're going to put something substandard out there. If we're going to make it for the iPad, then we're going to, we're going to redo the graphics, and we're going to start revisiting all the functionality that previously we had to look at the small size, small format of the but iPhone. The big screen, it opens it up for you. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So you're excited about it? Very much so. And, uh, yeah, I'll just... I'll just say big plans. but uh, Bradley, where can the listeners go to find more information, a link to the iTunes store, that sort of thing? Absolutely. Agilepartners.com. Simple as that. All of our product information. And uh, if you have the app already, uh, uh, and all of our applications have a suggestion box inside of them. If you send anything uh, uh, through that suggestion box, it comes straight to me. So let us know that so you heard someone about is actually reading that stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And let us know that you heard about us at Macworld. Absolutely. If you can't find the website, your Google is broken, go to OWC Radio. Show number 13, we're going to have a link directly to it. Bradley, thanks a lot, man. You're very welcome. Thank you. You know, we're all using iTunes. You had to use iTunes to subscribe to this podcast. And if you're like me, you've got a lot of stuff in your iTunes library that, well, let's be honest, doesn't have either uh, an album name, an artist. It doesn't have artwork. There's way too much stuff in my iTunes library that doesn't have artwork. And it's really nice to find an... A Mac software developer at Macworld. Imagine that. It's not just iTunes. It's not just cases. It's actual Mac software vendors. And I found a really good one. His name is Gabe, and he's with TuneUp. Gabe, what is this software? Why do I need this? Great question. Thanks for the interview, Tim. Um, So TuneUp is a plugin for iTunes that fixes those issues that you just mentioned. So all of us have these Track 01, Track 07, Unknown Artist, Missing Cover Art, Led Zeppelin and Jay-Z spelled 10 different ways in our collection. And it's a real pain to fix manually. So what we've created is a plugin for iTunes that uses waveform recognition technology to actually clean up those tracks automatically. Simply drag and drop those tracks into the iTunes or into the TuneUp plugin and it references it against the GraceNote database of 70 million tracks and feeds back and fixes the correct information. This guy who's walking by right here is actually one of our, uh, one of our biggest fans. Ah. Yeah, it's been a minute, but anyway. Um, hi, Parrots. What's up? How are you? Just in the midst so, of So you're, you're a big fan of their product, too. Top fan. Uh, everyone in my family wears a tune-up T-shirt to sleep. <laughs> there There's a commercial for you, right? Right, right. I didn't pay him for this either. <laughs> so in any case, so, so, so we fix those issues. On top of that, we actually find uh, your missing cover art. So all those great music nodes on your iPhone, your iPod, and your iTunes. Nothing's worse than I, in, on your iPhone when you're trying to flip through your music and it's just that blank. Not a sexy experience. No. No. So we, we bring sexy back to your iPhone and your iTunes and your iPod. So beyond that, we actually have some really cool infotainment features. One is called Concerts, and it actually scans your whole collection, lets you know if anyone in your collection is coming to town. You can oh. buy tickets directly through it. And then we have this really cool feature called Tuniverse that actually streams or feeds the best of web content based on what you're listening to into the iTunes ecosystem. You're not a one-trick pony. Not by any means. Not by any means. We definitely see the cleanup as the most acute pain point for iTunes and digital music consumers, um, but there's all sorts of other really cool stuff we can do once we're there. How much does the software cost and where can they find it? So you can find it at tuneupmedia.com. We're running a Macworld special. So if you enter Macworld 2010, Macworld 2010 at checkout, you'll get 20% off. Usually 30 buck one-time fee per computer or a $20 yearly fee per, per computer. Nice. At the show, we're actually selling the lifetime fee for 20 bucks. So 10 bucks lifetime off. For, yeah. wow, that's lifetime a good... per computer. Yeah. yeah. So if you guys haven't got down to Macworld yet, you still have time. 
You still got one more day. If you do, you're in the 1600 rows here, right? 1680. 1680, right next to the Macworld booth, so you can't miss them. Yep. $20 lifetime. Yeah. You can't beat that. No, we're uh, we're here to please. The Mac community has been phenomenal for us. We have a million registered users at this point and growing, and uh, we definitely like to give back. Well, good luck, Gabe. This is, looks like amazing software, and I wish you all the best. Great. Thanks so much, Tim. And once again, I'm back at the Otherworld Computing booth. It's home base for me. Which is kind of odd because, you know, as many years as I've covered the Macworld Expo, my home base is usually the press room. But now that I'm doing OWC Radio, I've got a home base on the showroom floor. It's great. Yesterday I talked to Grant Dahlke. Today, Ron, what is going on? Why do you have a Mac Mini up here? What, what is going on with this? Well, we have a media center here set up with the Mac Mini uh, using the Apple Airport Extreme. And then we have the OWC QX2 here plugged into the the airport extreme so then we're running wirelessly through the mac mini set up a a home media center so what's that going to give the if someone's got a mac mini at home and they want to buy the enclosure because honestly the enclosure really is is making that you can with the enclosure it's a lot easier to put in your home media center but why are they going to want to hook up this huge drive through the airport extreme well if you're looking into um putting your DVDs, converting them into a digital media format, um, you're going to need a lot of storage space. And um, with the QX2 or even the G-Max line, it, it provides that storage space for you. So what do we got here with the G-Max? How much storage space are we looking at on the Mac Mini right here that's streaming just extremely fast? So this doesn't have to be, all the files don't have to be on the Mac Mini it's on the G-Max. How much storage space are we talking? Um, this current, this unit we have sitting right here now is 2 terabyte unit, but they are available up to 8 terabytes. 8 terabytes. Do you think that's really enough? Come on. That <laughs> should be enough for a good majority of anybody's library. Yeah, I was talking to someone not too long ago that's they're actually ripping Blu-ray mm-hmm. and showing Blu-ray this way. Yep, you can you can even yep, you can store Blu-ray as yep. well. So is this something that you have at home like this? Is this? Are you running a Mac Mini server? I am actually running Mac Mini server with Plex, and then I have a G Max hooked up with all my uh, movies stored on it. Cool, Ron. Thanks for uh, letting everyone at home know what's going on here. Sure. Thank you very much. As a podcaster, audio means a lot to me, and I like. You know, it's not just podcasting. I've been an audiophile, geez, since I can remember. And just recently, I did a review of the Sennheiser HD 650s, and I rated them the best headphones I've ever used. I'm here with Eric. Eric, you're with Sennheiser. How, why are your headphones so good to begin with? Well, we put a lot of emphasis on sound quality. That's what we focus on. Whether it's a microphone or a headphone, we put all of our, all of our R&D back into making a better sounding product. We want to deliver, at whatever price point it is, the best possible sound experience. Did I get the model right? HD650. Oh, yeah. That's a classic. It's one Uh, of the best. uh, It blew me away. It really did. I I haven't had a pair of headphones like that in a long time that just knocked my socks off. Exactly. Uh, It's had that wow factor ever since we launched it. And uh, we we aim for that jaw-dropping wow, you know, OMG, you have to hear this kind of thing. Uh, that's what we strive for. Whenever you put on a pair of headphones, we want you to be very pleased with it and, uh, and and get more out of your music. But, you know, it's not just the high-end headphones. As you can see looking at me, I've got a pair. These are uh, probably six years old. What are they? P- 
What's the model number? I cannot remember. It's a PX100. It's a classic. It's it's kind of like the low... No, I don't want to say low end, but it's kind of the entry level. Exactly. If you want to get into Sennheiser, you don't want to spend a lot of money. Uh, perhaps you want to link it up to your, your iPod or your portable MP3 player. That's a great way to do it. Now, you also have these with the noise cancellation technology as well. It's basically the same model. Yeah, we offer uh, you know, a variety of different headphone types and... If you have some favorites, you can also find those favorites uh, and that kind of sound in other types of headphones. For example, PX100 has a sister product called a PXC250 Mark II. It's a, a similar transducer, but uh, with a noise-canceling shell. allows you to take it on a plane and, and block out some of that distracting, fatiguing, ambient noise. Now, you guys aren't just headphones, though. That's not the only thing you're showing here at the Macworld Expo. That's correct. A lot of Mac uh, hobbyists and professionals are interested in uh, film. They also do electronic news gathering, such as yourself. Uh, they're journalists. They're also recording studio uh, engineers, and they're also live sound uh, musicians, bands. Uh, so we're, we're showing microphones, too. It's important that we, we capture the entire Mac user group. So you go from the mouth to the ear. Input, output, either way. <laughs> Where are you going to send people that's listening to this podcast to learn more information if they can't make it here to the Macworld Expo? Where can they go to get more information? Definitely check out Sennheiser USA. We have a brand-new website. It's easy to see everything we offer, everything from our uh, consumer gear to professional-level level gear that's used by uh, Beyonce on tour, American Idol, but also you know headphones, iPhone headsets, the entire thing. Check out SennheiserUSA.com. Now, we've got one more day, and some of the people listening to this podcast will probably come tomorrow. You have a show special going on. We do. It's an amazing show special. Actually, it's it's so good, you have to come by and see you for yourself, but it's an amazing discount. I can't even say the number. It's so big. Yeah, I, I can see the number, and it's huge. How, do, how can you afford to do that? Well, um, it's, it's more about making the Mac end user happy. We want to get them into our brand. We want to create a lot of buzz, show people that we have a better product uh, than most of our competitors, and we want to get you in that product. We want you to be happy. So and they're going to come back for life. They're going to come back for life. We're confident. And the difference in price, they're taking out of your salary, I heard. Out of your, well, we're going to share the difference, you and I, and then uh, we're going to cry about it. <laughs> Eric, thanks a lot. Not a problem. Thanks for having us. And I'm here with Jeff Cruz. He's with TransTech Systems. This is a very interesting product. It's kind of hard to explain in audio format, but basically, if you've ever worked anywhere and you get those little plastic cards you need for like an ID badge, where do those come from? It's got to be some huge company that makes those for everyone, right? Not necessarily... Jeff, you guys make the printer that can make these cards. Yes, we do. So how does this thing work? Basically, it's what we call dye sublimation. It's a thermal transfer process. So it actually uses a ribbon, uses a standard uh, uh, credit card size, plastic card, PVC card. And with heat, it will transfer a, an image to that uh, card. And these are much more durable than I was thinking they would be. I mean, these are you can use these as employee badges. So if you run a small yes. company... This is all you need. You don't need all that fancy stuff. No, we've done a lot of employee badges, access control cards, cards that you uh, log onto your computer with. So you could use the magnetic cards in this as well? You can encode MagStripe, uh, contact smart cards, contactless smart cards. So this is a this is the total solution right here? It sure can be, that's for sure. So where can the listeners go to find more information about this? Say they, they have a need for this, they have a small business, they would love to print these. Where are they going to go? Sure. The easiest way would be our website, I guess, uh, which is uh, transtechsystems.com. Great. Jeff, thanks a lot. Okay. Thank you very much. Micro, you know, one of the things that I've heard for a while now is how do I get the video off my iPhone or maybe the little uh, iPod Touch, you want to get the video off that. 
I'm looking at the best show winner from Macworld 2010. That means this year, the image is the show WX from Microvision. His name is Matt. You're representing the company. What is this product? It, this is an audio hub podcast. I don't know how to explain this to someone. Sure. Well, let me explain it. So what I'm holding in my hand that's actually no bigger than an iPhone is the world's first laser Pico projector. And what a Pico projector is going to do is it's going to take the very small image that's basically resident in your two to four inch image on your iPod, your iPhone, uh, or other mobile device. And it's going to, simple connection, I'm going to now be able to project that image onto any surface. So imagine that we can uh, now take our mobile device and turn it into a mobile movie theater. And that's basically what you're going to be able to do with this product. I don't see any way to control focus on there. So the really cool part about a laser display and and the way we manipulate the lasers in our device is there is no focal adjustment required. You're right. So as we look at the device, there's there's no focal uh, dial. Uh, You don't need to, uh, the moment it's on, if I'm maybe a foot away from the surface or if I take three or four steps back and now I'm three feet away from the surface, I never have to fiddle with it. I mean, and this is really key for a mobile user. So I'm pulling out my projector. I don't want to mess with lots of cables. I don't want to worry about the focus. Um, I want to kind of share with you immediately. A movie's about two hours. Is that going to last? Yeah, movies, Yeah, movies. we designed this to be movie capable. So the battery, it's a lithium-ion battery, you completely user-replaceable, and that will last up to two hours. Awesome. How much and where can they get more information? So the Show WX is going to uh, become available for U.S. customers starting in the March time frame via our website, which is www.microvision.com. Uh, slash show WX, and it's going to start at $500. It's really cool looking. It is really tiny. I saw the picture quality. It looks great. Well, I appreciate it. We were, we're pretty excited about this. We're real thrilled to be one best of show here, uh, and uh, we think that uh, you know our goal is to hopefully get this into millions of uh, iPod and iPhone users' hands and have them amplify their life with a big image. Well, I hope you do a good job, and uh, I hope you guys saw a ton of them, and congratulations on best of show. Thanks very much, Tim. This is really Really, really cool. The company is Wiz Air. What's the name of the product, Rob? Uh, we have several products, but basically a wireless AV unit for your in-home entertainment. Let me explain what I can see here. There's a dongle that goes onto the Mac, correct? Connected USB to dongle. the USB, and then wirelessly, it's sending it to a big screen TV. Correct. And we have HDMI connectivity on the TV side at 720p. 720p. Uh, resolutions up to 1400 by 1050. Okay. And we have several connections. So we have HDMI with the audio. We also have a VGA connection for projectors. A monitor and stuff like that. Correct. Yeah. Um, and if you're using a VGA, then there's a 3.5 audio jack as well. So it's audio as well. So it's not just video. You're wirelessly audio and video. Correct. Correct. I, I have to say this is an awesome solution. A lot of the listeners of this podcast and other shows I've done in the past have asked, how do I hook up my Mac to my TV? And there's really no easy way of doing it without literally keeping your Mac sitting on a speaker right next to your entertainment center. This is going to solve that. Yeah, exactly. And and actually, in business, too, that's where the Mac has a problem as well. Um, If you're going to connect to a projector, you need some... It's got to be VGA. Exactly. You got to need... A lot of different uh, adapters just to get that going. Yeah, and that's a pain. And and every MacBook and MacBook Pro has a USB port, and that's all you need for us. The, I gotta be, I gotta say, this is really really impressive stuff. What's the range? How far away 
can I be, not necessarily maximum, but a comfortable range and still pick up a really good signal? So it's in-room technology. We don't really go through walls. Uh, but we say 30 feet. But depending on what you're watching, if you're watching 720p video, full screen, yeah, you want to be within that range. If you're watching 480p or you're doing slides or things like that, it can be a fair amount further. But it's not just video. I, I can literally be sitting on the couch with my laptop, but if I want to use the big television in front of me, I've got a 46-inch TV. I can plug this in my laptop and, and the other end in the TV, and I'm literally browsing on my huge TV. So I got your beat. I have a 52-inch Samsung. <laughs> I sit on, a lap, uh, on, the, on the couch, and I, I watch Netflix streaming full screen, video through my stereo. It's great. It's like watching a movie off a DVD or what have you. I have to say the picture quality looks fantastic. Yeah, it's great. We're, we're very excited about the technology. We, uh, we've gotten a great show so far here at Mac. We're at CES. Um, in Good January. reception everywhere. Oh, huge, huge. Yeah. So what's the price range we're looking at? So 169 retail for the AV set, which is more for your home use with your flat panels, what have you. We have a wireless docking station with DVI output, plus two USB ports for keyboard and mouse. And that's a great solution for your home office, small office. And whereas with the PC solution, that saves desk space as compared to your standard wired docking stations. Well, on the Mac platform, we're the only game in town. There's really no docking station for a Mac. It, what, is there any special software that they're going to have to install? Yeah, there is a driver that you load, and then once you do that, connect the USB dongle, connect the uh, receiver to your, your TV or your monitor and what have you, and then you're up and going. As soon as you walk in the room anytime, it will just automatically connect and up you're going. So it's really simple. Even for idiots like me, I could do it. Really simple, no router, no, nothing like that. Using a different technology than Wi-Fi so we don't interfere with your, your Wi-Fi connectivity. And, and basically allows you to... Um... That, that's not annoying at all, is it? No, that's, that's not annoying. We have really good luck, don't we? Um, so, yeah, it, it allows you to do that. You don't have to share the bandwidth with your, with your Wi-Fi. So what you're streaming from Netflix isn't the same technology going to the screen. It's a wireless USB. It is a certified standard under the USB IF, same as USB 2.0 and 3.0. Uh, laptops are coming out with wireless USB built in, and they will work with our end devices. Where you really? Have, they will work? Yeah. So, for example, on the PC side, Dell has a laptop that works with wireless USB built inside. It will work with our end device unit, and we hope someday to get inside the Mac. So, that, that would be nice. That would be the ultimate solution, wouldn't it? Yeah, so I'm hoping uh, Steve Jobs and Tim Cook are all listening because we want to get inside the Mac. There you go. So where are the listeners going to go to find this information online? Well, they can go to wizair.com, W-I-S-A-I-R.com, and it'll show all of our current partners that sell in Europe and the U.S., are you in? You are in retail. We are in retail. Pretty much all your uh, usual suspects online. Yeah, Best Buy and all those. Amazon. Amazon. All those, yeah, Fry's locally, Micro Center, all those kind of places. And uh, we have three brands selling in the U.S. is Warpia, Cables Unlimited, and Atlanta. I got to say, you know, I see a lot of products year after year here at MacWorld Expo. Very few of them jump out at me and say, "I have to buy that." Rob, I have to buy that. Very cool. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Congratulations on a great booth and a great product. Have a good show. Thank you very much. Nice to meet you. One of my favorite companies for years and years and years is Dr. Bot. Dr. Bot has supplied my old website, mymac.com, with a, a lot of products in the past for product review. They're kind of a distributor, and they represent a whole lot of companies. Every year, Dr. Bot always has one of the greatest presences at Macworld Expo. No exception this year. I'm here with Gavin. Gavin, what's going on with Dr. Bot this year? Well, we wanted to come and uh, represent the Apple community and what we do. Uh, 
and keep Macworld going. So here we are with uh, about 15 of our uh, 15 of our core vendors um, displaying their products, getting the news out to hopefully some buyers, but a lot of end users, a lot of the people off the streets. And you know, we are starting off the year really doing really well, and we're really excited about what's the max market is bigger than ever. You guys are put perfectly positioned to take advantage of that. It is, yeah, and things. Uh, Things have been looking fabulous in January. Uh, some really exciting announcements already from Apple, and you know that always drives a lot of business for us. So I'm sure that we're going to see more product announcements from them, and that means more products from us. Do you think a lot of your vendors are going to jump on board with the iPad? Uh, yeah, well, we know that everybody is already working on concepts, and uh, you know can't wait to get their hands on an actual unit. But uh, that's you know even before you have a unit, that's not stopping people from building potential cases. What so. are some of the hot new products that you guys are showcasing this week? Well, let's see. We have um, Blue Microphones, I guess. It's got a new rev on their very popular uh, iPod dock attachment. I, I got to get that myself. The Mikey. The new Mikey. The new, is it Mikey 2 or is it just, uh, are they replacing the old Mikey and this is the new Mikey? You know, I think, yeah, I think, that's, I think it is Mikey 2.0. So uh, that's great. We've, uh, we've got some really new uh, cool speakers from Kanto. Uh, which uh, the the SID Five is their current model. That's a um, a pretty excellent sounding piece, iPod dock speaker, and they've got a new new unit which they're sort of announcing, but it's not going to be available until sometime later in the year. But just teasing us right now, then. But it's it's uh, it's a very exciting wireless three piece, which is super cool. So where the listener should go to check out all the different vendors that you guys rep? Where are they going to get the great deals? What's the website? Uh, drbot.net. I never would have guessed that myself. I know it's it's, and you know what? If, believe it or not, you go to drbot.com. It's the same the same thing. Is so, it really? Yeah. Imagine so, that. <laughs> so, and we're uh, we're offering show specials for anybody that's down here uh, down here visiting today. We're doing um, for end user orders a special deal. It's a lot of. Is it going to be tomorrow too? So yeah. anybody listening can come down tomorrow. Tomorrow too. You come down, see us. We'll uh, we'll set you up at one of our kiosks to place an order. Uh, Free ground shipping, 20 to 30% off, lots and lots of items. And uh, you can even take one of our special promo codes and order from home. Ah, so yeah. you're going you're gonna to give it to the guys there, too. Yeah, so uh, come get one of these codes from us. You can do, take advantage of the specials through Sunday. I got a question for you on a personal basis. Dr. Bot's always been huge at the Macworld Expo. I'm just curious, what's your reaction to the crowd this year? Because there was a lot of people saying, oh, this is going to be the last Macworld Expo. Uh, it's just... Uh, no one's going to show up. Apple's not there. And I have to say, uh, from looking at this audience, this crowd... Mm, what? Well, <laughs> I think it's kind of nice. I'm happy with it myself. Well, we're having a really good time down here. Uh, I mean, I feel like this show has been really about connecting with the end user. Uh, I've been talking to a lot of people who... You know, a lot of what we do is kind of behind the scenes and maybe... A guy in a shop buying an awesome iPhone case doesn't understand how that got there, uh, and you know they don't need to, to to love the Apple products and accessories they use. But it's fun to be here and connect with those people and sort of give them an idea of what we do, uh, how this, how these items get through the channel and into their ultimate retail locations. So are you happy with MacWorld this year? Yeah, it's been great. It's been a, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, you know honestly, it's been a little more relaxing than it has been in times past. That, that's a good thing, though. Yeah. Usually we run an actual physical retail store here. I know. I noticed. <laughs> and you don't have the thing to walk through this year. And No, yeah, we're not doing that this year. And uh, that was fun, but this is uh, definitely more relaxing. Uh, I really appreciate you talking to me today, Gavin. Have a good show. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming by, guys. Hey, I ran into an old friend of mine, Josh Long. But 
new digs for you, Mac Tech Magazine. What's going on with that? Right, yeah. So last year when I was on the show, it was, it was, I was with MacMod.com, and MacMod was purchased by... Yeah, Anthony's not here this year, I noticed. Right, right. Yeah, this year, um, uh, in fact, a, a few months ago, and in, in kind of around October, November, um, MacTech Magazine actually purchased MacMod.com, including all of its assets, and, and so um, the forums are now integrated into MacTech. Wait, are you saying forums. you were an asset? Oh yeah. <laughs> so well, you know the the podcast, you know, is of course an asset, and so um, uh, so that's right. I did a podcast with you guys last year, didn't I? Yeah. I was on your show then. Yeah, that's right. And so now that's all. Uh, it it was Mac Mod Live, and now we're Mac Tech Live, and and it's it's part of the uh, the Mac, Mac Tech family. So Mac, Mac Tech Magazine, of course, we've got the the print magazine and also um, online stuff, and uh, and. Just launched. Um, well, kind of, kind of still in. I, I talked to Dennis. Yeah, kind of still in alpha stage with MacNews.com as well. You guys are building a huge conglomerate over there. Oh yeah, yeah, it's it's amazing. Yeah, we've got. Uh, I, I don't know if Neil told you, but uh, soon, like within, uh, I, I don't know the exact time frame, but but fairly soon, we're we're going to have um, a back catalog of of. You know, all kinds of, of Mac and Apple-related news articles dating back to, I think, something like 1995. When they first came out. Right, exactly. Yeah. 1995. I think I created something back then that I used to do. <laughs> Anyways, so. you've been around on the showroom floor the last, well, today and yesterday. Yeah. Um, are you impressed with the size of the audience here, the, the crowds? Oh, yeah. You know, you know what's so amazing is that uh, last year we, we talked to so many exhibitors uh, when we were just walking around the show floor who said, you know, I don't think I'm going to come next year. You know, with Apple not being here, there, you know, there might not be the, the, the turnout that, that there has been in the past. And so a lot of vendors were just really afraid of, of coming. And, you know, I, I, I think if nothing else, coming to Macworld this year has really proven that the, the Mac community is so strong. I mean, this is the last Mac world that there is. Uh, I, I mean, me, meaning Macintosh Expo. Me, right, right. Meaning, right. This is the last the last Mac world Expo. I mean, th- there used to be Mac world Expos elsewhere, and you know, and now there's just San Francisco. And so, um, you know, it's really it was really cool to me to see that they had already. I mean, they had already planned for um, Mac world 2011. They've already got dates set for it and everything. Um, and and it's a really positive thing. I mean, you, the turnout this year is as far as the number of attendees. Um, you know, nobody really knows the exact numbers yet, but it, it looks to be almost exactly the same, maybe a little bit less than, than last year, but but with, you know, half as many exhibitors, it seems like. And so, you've, I mean, the, the hall is just packed. There's so many people here that I really think and hope <laughs> that a lot of the, the vendors who have come in the past will, will come back next year. And now hopefully some of the ones that didn't this year are going to realize their mistake and go, we need to be at Macworld. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm going to be on the main stage tomorrow. I'm the last person on the, la- on the main stage from 5 to 6. I'm doing an, an, an OWC radio, but it's going to be in celebration of the Macworld Expo, and I hope that you can come to that, get you up on the stage, and talk to you a little bit. I, you know, I would love to. I, unfortunately, I, I have to catch a plane right about that time. No, so. it's, it's the, that flight was delayed. <laughs> okay. I'm quite sure that it was delayed by about four hours. Well, hey, that would be perfect. <laughs> so before I let you go here, and I know you're busy, yeah. what have you seen on the showroom floor that's really impressive to you? One or two products that are like, wow, that's cool. Um, you, you know, I've, I've seen some really interesting things. Um, we, we got a chance the other day to, uh, to sit down um, and, and meet with Microsoft, and they talked a little bit uh, with us about 
um, some of the features that are coming up in uh, in you know Office 20, 2011. Um, even though it's it's supposed to launch at the end of this year, they're they're calling it twenty eleven because they they like to differentiate the product. You know, twenty ten is Windows, and so twenty eleven is the Mac version. But um, they've got some really interesting new features, um, collaborative um, document editing. So um, you know, it, it's kind of I guess in a way comparative to Google Docs in the sense that multiple people can be editing the same document at the same at the same time. But now you can do that in in Word and PowerPoint, um, which which is going to be really cool. Um, I've heard they're also sniffing around on the iPad as well. Yeah, there have been rumors about that. Yeah, a little something like that. <laughs> do you think? Do you think the iPad's going to be this time next year? How big of a presence do you think the iPad is going to have on Macworld Expo? Well, you know what? I, I we, we are already seeing vendors here at the show who have prototype cases for the iPad, yeah. and all all they you know are going off of is just the dimensions that are posted on Apple's website. And so, I mean, we've already got uh, you know over in the uh, mobile application showcase area, there are lots of developers who are already talking about what they're planning to do for, for the iPad. They're super excited. So, it's, last big question. Uh-huh. Are you going to buy an iPad, and if so, which one? Oh boy, you know, probably not. No, no. If, oh. it, you know, if if I was going to get one, it's, it's it's hard to say because um, I, I think if I was going to get one, I would probably get the low end three G model yeah. um, because. Um, I, I don't tend to need a lot of storage, uh, you know, for, for when, when I'm on the road. You know, I'm, I'm used to a crappy Trio PDA, you know, and, and it's, you know, everyone always makes fun of me for having a Trio, and everyone, I mean, everyone else here at Macworld practically iPhone. has an iPhone, yeah. so. But, you know, I think this is one of those devices that I think a lot of people are in that boat. Yeah. I probably won't get one until they see it and hold it. Yeah, I, you know, you're probably right. There's something definitely to be said about that. I mean, I was even a little bit skeptical, you know, of the iPhone at first. It sounded cool, but until you really get your hands on the product, and I'm sure it's going to be the same way with with the iPad. You don't you don't really have the full idea of, of what it's capable of. But I mean, based on everything that Apple presented, I think it's going to be an awesome product. Um, you know, just maybe maybe not quite for me. Um, I, I if I'm going to go on the road, and if I'm already going to have to be, you know, have something in a carrying case. I kind of might as well have a laptop. It's kind of how I, I look at it's it. It's more useful. Yeah. Now, it, on the other hand, it's something like Macworld, you know, where, where you're going to kind of get coverage for an event. Uh, it might actually be really handy to have something like the iPad because it's a lot lighter than a backpack or, you know, a lot lighter than lugging around a, a big old laptop in your backpack or in a bag, you know. So. As I can see that you're doing right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, so if, for things like that, you know, what is it? One and a half pounds, I think they, it was? Yeah. Something it's like ridiculously that. less. It's ex- yeah. extremely lightweight. And so for things, for reasons like that, it could be really good for for people who, who like to go to conventions, like take, you know, a few little notes here and there. Um it's it's going to be an awesome product for that for mobile people who who don't want to lug around a big heavy laptop. His name is Josh Long. You could find his writing at MacTech Magazine. What's the URL over there? MacTech.com. I never would have guessed that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we also uh, the podcast you can get to it at MacTech.com/live. And it's in iTunes, of course. And it's in iTunes. Yeah. Josh, thanks a lot. Yeah, thanks very much, Tim. And finally, to wrap up the show. I've got David Cohen, host of the MyMac.com podcast. I know he has been walking the whole showroom floor all day because I keep passing him by in different aisles. And that's saying something because it's so crowded out there. David, what's your impressions on the Macworld Expo so far on day two? 
Well, it's still really busy, which is great to see. I mean, um, after, yesterday was a monster day. There were so many people here, particularly around lunchtime. So you kind of wonder whether today it would tail off, um, but that's not really the case. And talking to the vendors um, about the, the foot traffic they're having on their, on their stalls, they're all really, really happy about the amount of people they're seeing. It's almost surprising because um, it's the second day. It usually tapers off at this point. And at, don't get me wrong, it's a little bit less than it was yesterday. It's not bone-crushing but by the same token, it's busy out there. Absolutely. What have you seen out there on the showroom floor that really caught your eye, a product or two, that you're like, i got to have that? Well, I've just had a demonstration from the Max Beach guys of their Scribe products, which um, basically takes a, a raw audio file and transcribes it into text. And it's really, really cool. And uh, as you use it, it gets better and better as it starts to understand your speech patterns. Yeah, so it learns the user, not speech in general. It learns you. Exactly. But the thing is, is unlike most speech software, normally with these speech programs, if you're going to dictate to it, you have to train it, which means a big time investment. With this, you don't. You just basically feed it files and it improves over time. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely going to be trying out because I think as a, as a podcaster, to be able to transcribe the text of your shows and, and make that searchable is going to be really interesting to the users. Anything out there on the uh, iPod side that was catching your eye? Yeah, there's a couple of things, actually. There was a great um, company over in the corner of the show that's um, doing these um, products with this kind of sticky stuff that allows you to mount the iPod into various different enclosures. They had kind of had a gaming steering wheel that you could just slot the iPod in, and this stuff stays permanently sticky, doesn't leave a residue at all, but it really holds onto the iPod really tight. So um, great if you're, a, if you're a gamer and you want, you want to uh, put your iPod into some kind of control device. You know, I've got somebody else here uh, going to share the spotlight with you, David, is uh, Sam Levin, Cool Mac Picks. Whoa, I'm excited to be here. So, Sam, what do you think of the showroom floor this year? I think it's cool. Um, I didn't expect it to be as crowded, actually, so I'm, I'm happy. I just uh, I hope that more vendors come back, like some of the bigger guys that didn't show up, like Adobe, and but Microsoft was here. Um, HP. HP. Um, some of the apps... I, the most innovative companies are usually the small companies, I have to say that. And uh, I just ran into a company, a guy from Poland who developed uh, this, I forgot the name of it, it's called iDrive, I think. And it is just, it's really, really well done for file sharing from your iPhone to iPhone or iPhone to Mac or PC. And it's in the App Store already? It's in the App Store. It's I think it's 2 or $4, $2.99 or $4.99. And... I'm so impressed by it because the user interface is really well done. I'm looking for the name. Yeah, uh, Sam's frantically looking through a, a huge stack of business cards. It's called iFiles. iFiles. And what's the URL? iFiles app. I-F-I-L-E-S-A-P-P-app.com. The other one is data check. And this is to check on, like, if you're dating someone, you want to check on what she or he is like. <laughs> it goes and does a file lookup, but it's really cool. It does a whole lookup, like, criminal history. It's all free. And then if you want really detailed, granular information, then it charges you. But their tagline is hook up, uh, look up before you hook up. So, and it's called what? Data check. Or it could be stalker check or, as well. Me. It's not data. It's date. D-A-T-E. Date check. They ought to get stalker check, too. Yeah, Just, I, I mean, you know. They were, giving, they were giving uh, colored condoms away. And I, oh, I, I, yes, I, I saw yeah. that company. I thought that was a little tacky. Actually, I'm telling you, it's, a, it's pretty cool. Um, it gives you information on, you know, if the person owns property, who lives at the property. I mean, really detailed information. That's pretty cool. 
Be your own private investigator. Be your own, be your own P, PI. Private, yeah, PI, right. Yeah, private investigator. So that's, that's a cool app. Uh, let's see, what else have we got? Um, oh, Pogo. It's called 10-1 Design. Uh, 10-1 has this Pogo stylus, which you saw it last year. It's a yeah, stylus. Yeah, it's just a stylus to write okay. one down. But the unique flavor about this is that you can use your MacBook as a tablet, a writing tablet. So if you have... Photoshop, Sketches, Pixelmator, uh, a number of apps that are free, your uh, touchpad becomes a stylus now, a stylus uh, like a Wacom tablet. Right. So that stylus that they sell, the Pogo stylus, which is 15 bucks, is pressure sensitive with whatever application, which a lot of those drawing applications are pressure sensitive. Yeah, Illustrator, Photoshop, they're all pressure sensitive right. now. And po- Ten One has their own app that's $8 called Inklet and allows you to capture graphics like signature files. Wow. Eight nice. bucks. I'm telling you, that's the kind of stuff that I find that's innovative with these small companies. So that's uh, Sam Levin and David Cohen. Sam, where's the? Where can people find more information on you? They can. I have a uh, iTunes show called Sam's Cool Picks, P I C K S. So you download that. Tim is the actual publisher or producer of it. So I do the whole thing with the iPhone. Now at MacWorld, I'm doing two things: Sam's Cool Picks, which is audio only, and then also a video based uh, show with Rock and Roll Geek Show. That's Michael Butler is the host. So go under iTunes and look for Rock and Roll Geek. Awesome. And uh, David, where are people going to find information about you? Well, the, our main area is MyMac.com and you can go there and you can find our podcast and all our written material up on the website there. There's plenty of videos of interviews we've done at Macworld this week, so um, that's where you will need to go, just MyMac.com. Thanks, David. Have a good show. Thank you. And we're going to wrap up this episode of OWC Radio. We're going to be back once again tomorrow. I'm actually on the main stage from 5 to 6, so whatever shows we do, I have to be done before then so I can get it posted. And hopefully we'll record that live show, and I'll get that posted when I get back home, so probably Monday. So for OWC Radio, www.maxsales.com, I'm Tim Robertson, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.